Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. And today we are going to dive into a very delicate topic, even in the light of what we are experiencing in our, our world today, in different parts of the world, where you live, where I live. There are just things that seem to be happening so rapidly. There are company mergers occurring. There are downsizing taking place. There are layoffs that are happening. Then we add the the tragedies of what the experiences we are having or have had where there are just vicious kind of activities where people are killing one another. There's, there are mass shootings taking place. And we have the drug opioid crisis on our hand. And just one thing after another. The question is, how do leaders, how do you, effectively lead during these times of crisis and change? Is there a, a formula? Are there best practices that one ought to follow? Are there some protocols that would be more helpful than others? And I believe, yes, there are. I, I can tell you what is not helpful is when people are using these crisis and these moments to point fingers and to blame right and, and and to score either political points or their own you know their own personal points you know i it's it's amazing to see how people would capitalize on other people's suffering other people's you know experiences that are 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 sad are hard right just difficult circumstances and some people would just 
find those moments and just that's what they do. They are, you know, <laughs> it's like some people are just what you call opportunists, right? They they are just those that seek an opportunity. You know, we we have it's it's, it's funny, but it's not funny, right? They are are people who make fun of of some attorneys, right? Lawyers who they would show in a sometimes in a cartoon way where there is an ambulance and right behind the ambulance is a a lawyer either hooked up attached to the uh, the the ambulance because they would say they are opportunities you know they're they're just ready for uh you know someone's bad situation and they want to jump in now of course they're trying to in their way say I'm going to be helpful but it's again is it about helping or is it about their own personal agenda. And, 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 you know, that is what we are struggling with. So when, when times of change or crisis are, are happening, how do, how do you lead? What, 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 are, what are the steps that would be more, more helpful, be more effective? So I want to share with you what I believe five steps, five effective steps that you would want to consider and to actually implement during crisis, times of crisis and change. You know, I, again, I, I, I hear just recently about one of our largest or one of the largest um, do-it-yourself for home um, stores, right? It's a hardware store, the Lowe's, and how they're laying off thousands and thousands of people. I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of people who are going to be out of their jobs, Right? A crisis, change. Again, the mass shootings I've described are take place. Crisis, change. People's lives are not going to be the same when these things haven't these things haven't taken place, right? So then, what are the five steps? Now, I want to. My first one, I believe, is has to be has to be foundational. It, you 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 know there, people may have other lists that they have, but. I believe that this first one I'm going to give you has to be in place no matter what list you look at. And the first thing is inspire hope. Your job, my job as a leader, any leader, as I would say, that worth their salt. Now, again, I don't know and can't really tell you what that fully means, but I think that is him saying have some value. Any leader, leader that's worth their salt that the first thing you want to do is inspire hope. When I see people taking advantage of these really horrible situations and, and try to push their own agenda and point fingers and, you know, um, try to bait other people and, and, and use race and use political... Uh, kind of framing of around these things and trying to 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 just create a bigger divide it's not helping it's not healthy so as a leader one of the first things you want to be doing during these times of crisis is inspire hope you know I, I I call myself yes a sherpa but also a hope dispenser I believe that one of the things that I do well and I've heard others 
told, I've mentioned that to me, is that Kingsley, you inspire me. You really, truly inspire me. You know, I feel hopeful when I've had coaching sessions with people and to hear them at the end of the session will say, and even in counseling sometimes, you know, I, I feel, and I ask the question, what, what's your what's your takeaway? What's the one thing that stood out to you? Or how do you feel? Depends on the on the situation. And, and they will say, oh, you know, I, I feel hopeful. I, I truly feel hopeful. And, and for me, that is what it's all about. Helping people to be hopeful in dark times, in crisis moments, when they feel like all hope is gone. Their world is coming apart. Their world has been dashed and turned upside down. The last thing you want to be doing is trying to drive a wedge and put in their mind and create a narrative that only drives them deeper into despair. Because you're, create, you're, you're you know, and I'm not saying you, but some leaders who I believe so-called leaders, I see that in politicians, they are supposed to be our leaders in the highest echelons of society. And I'm just so saddened and sickened to see how they're leading because that's not leadership. That's pandering. That is trying to play the game. That's trying to take advantage of someone's unfortunate circumstances to play for, you know, to just, it just sickens my soul to see what I hear, to listen to the things I hear and, and see what's happening. Some of these people are just, you know, and I, I again, I don't use this phrase often because I, I don't think it's really helpful, but they just need to shut up. Go away. Get out, get off the limelight. Just get out the way during this time. Let people heal. Let people work through their, their issues with others who are going to be there to coach them through and guide and mentor them through this process. They don't need one more voice in their head, putting in their head something they have not even given thought to. They're thinking about survival. They're thinking about how do I make it through my dark moment. They don't need your voice. That's not inspiring hope. That's pandering that's really self-serving and trying to score points, especially in the area of politics. So as a leader, your job, you know, in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, I talk about the idea of communication. As a leader, your job, one of your most important job is to learn how to communicate effectively during these times and share as much information as possible and that you can share without bre- you know breaching some trust and confidentiality and all those different things but be help people encourage them add hope to people's lives during this time so the first thing is inspire hope the second thing you want to do as to effectively lead through crisis is tailor help, meaning that find out how to best help people. You know, I, I see sometimes that when these moments occur, 
There are those who are saying you ought to jump in right away without even thinking about how best to script your 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 talk, what you want to say. You know, I, I love the Bible as this handbook that tells you, be swift to hear, slow to speak. You know, during times like this, you don't want to say the first thing that comes to your mouth, to your head. Be thoughtful. Be reflective. Take a few moments to gather yourself. Don't be in your emotions. Don't let the pressure of people who think you ought to say something right away force you, coerce you, guilt you into saying something. No. Take your time. Gather your thoughts. Put the words in a way that are going to be helpful and helpful. And then also remember, not everybody wants help the same way. Find out how best to offer help, which takes some time to gather that that information. You might offer help that is not needed right now. You might be offering water when people have enough water. They don't need water. They need food. And you might be offering food when they need water. So you've got to figure out what is it? What might be the best way to serve that those individuals at this time? Some people just want you to be there. You know, Depend on their love language. They might just want you to, to hug, how hold them, hug them, listen to them, quality quality time, spend time with them. You know, they might have different ways to, to experience that you care. So don't try to do a one you know one size fits all approach. Tailor the help to fit as best as possible. Now I know that it's going to be impossible to be, you know, all things to all men and try to find exactly the fit for every single person. But for the most part, you can find general ways to help a large group of people who have similar ways of receiving that kind of help. So tailor the help to the to the situation of that individual or those individuals or that culture or that demographics, right? So you want to be able to know, well, you know, I I talk about in my book, again, Immortalogent Leader, that you want to know people, get to know them, let them get to know you, know their world, because that is where you're going to try to offer help, and you have to offer it in the way that their world understands it, their world could best appreciate it. So that's number two. Number three, Reframe the narrative. Reframe the narrative. Find a way to best restate what's happening. You know, for example, massive layoffs, mergers are occurring. And, you know, I I, I would say that, could that be an opportunity? Well, could we talk about the idea? And this, this question is a great lead question is, what does it what does this make possible? What does this make possible? You know, I wrote a book previously to my most recent book called The Midlife Launch. And I I tried to argue that people would hear many times I'm going through a midlife crisis, right? Have you heard that? 
And, and so the word crisis is now associated with midlife. So when a person hit midlife, they immediately go to, oh, I must be going through a crisis. And all the evidence they're looking at does point to crisis, right? Because that's what they, they're familiar with. So my book, The Midlife Launch, Succeed, um, is to successfully pursue your dream without giving up what's most important to you. That's a subtitle. I, I talk about the idea of midlife opportunity. See it as a midlife opportunity rather than a crisis. So how can I frame what's happening in the lives of my people? The merger, the layoff, the crisis that are occurring. How can I frame this? Well, you know, you don't want to say that, uh, you know, don't give the cliche answers that, our people are going to expect to hear and almost like discount because now it may be true what you're saying, but it may not be the right time. Find a way to frame things that would help people to have a different perspective, right? Now, it's not easy. This is not the most easiest of things to do because you run the risk of minimizing what's what's happening to the people. and And they don't want that. So it's really a very... Very um, skillful um, task, a skillful, it's a skill, let me put it this way, it's a skill that have to be developed. And that's why, you know, in my book, The Immortalogent Leader, one of the chapters is leadership is craftsmanship. And I talk about the idea of developing leadership as a craft, learn the craft, hone the craft. Become better at your delivery, your communication, your listening skills. All these things have to be developed because it's a craft. So you've got to find a way to reframe the narrative around what's happening. Because there are so many voices that are, are coming at them and, and you know, they're even hearing that, you know, what's wrong with me? It must be that I'm not good enough that I got laid off. It must be that my skill didn't allow me to stay and others to be, you know, why why me? They're hearing the why me questions. And so the whole idea of self, you know, self-esteem is being impacted. Self-confidence is being impacted. Or why me? Why did this have to happen to me? You know, they're hearing all those inner voices, but also outside. So you've got to find a way to skillfully and professionally and maybe sometimes you have to bring in an outside person who is not so closely attached emotionally to the situation who can objectively give a narrative that are, is more helpful. Because sometimes people, when they have had time to think and you know are seeing this as a loss, they've got to grieve this because it's a loss, right? When you have a crisis, a change, something is being lost. And um, they have to grieve that like anything else because every loss requires grieving, right? Every loss requires grieving. It's different kinds of grieving, but it's grieving nonetheless. And you have to help people to learn how to grieve. And, you know, of course, there are different ways to do this, but it's um, because most times the very first stage people are in 
is a denial stage, right? They're denying. They can't believe. It's almost like they're in a state of shock. They can't believe this has happened. And so they're in a state of denial or a state of denial. So you have to help them, you know, come to grips with what's happening and find a way to to reframe this, this narrative. And it's not easy, like I said. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It takes discipline. It takes composure. It takes strength. It takes really the ability to separate yourself from the emotions of the moment. And that's why I talk about emotelligence, which is really the ability, right? The ability to accurately recognize and understand and manage your emotions and the emotions of those around you. That is where we start. And so the need for emotelligence is critical during these times. And the fourth thing is create a community of support. Create a community of support. People, when they're going through grieving, painful situations, loss of of some kind, whether it's a a death loss, and, and you know, we the word death could be used basically interchangeable. But, I mean, used for both a physical death as well as a loss of a job or a loss of a relationship and all those different things because it's like a death, right? It, it's a feeling like finality. Oh, I can't believe this has happened, right? You're losing something great big. And, and so people need support groups. So if you can encourage them to get involved or you can help to establish a support group for people like this during this time is very, very helpful because they're going to realize they're not the only one going through what they're going through. Because during these times, you feel as if you're the only one. It feels that way. Even though it's not, it feels that way. So you've got to find a way to encourage them to be involved in support groups. And here's what happened. Sometimes this this is the last thing they want to do. But you can bring it to them. Find a way to create that. Invite them to these settings. And, and you can find a way to uh, get them involved. Because even though they may not feel like they need it or want it, they do. They do. Because there's strength in numbers. There are, you know, perspective that are formed and shaped in numbers. You're hearing other people's stories and how, what is helping them during their own time. So it's very, very important that you find, you form communities around this issue uh, and be very specific so you want to create a community that is made up of people who have gone through exactly or something very similar to what those individuals are going through. That's number four. So the first thing, inspire hope. The second thing, tailor help. The third thing, reframe the narrative. Number four is create community of support. And number five, gradually release. Gradually release. What do I mean by that? You don't want to create codependency. You don't want to somehow become the person that these individuals always seek out for help. Because you can also, on the flip side, if you go too far in in this area, you can really almost, um, I would say, cause someone to, to lose 
their ability to function and be independent in their thinking. So you want to be able to gradually release and and step back so the community could become where they find help there, build relationships, and you can step back, right? Because you want them to, to stand on their own two feet because they're going to live their lives after you're gone, after time has separated the event from where they are in their lives. Their muscles to stand on, they're going to need that. So the more you can gradually release them and encourage them to, yes, it might be risky. Yes, it might feel like, you know, I, I don't want as a, a repeat. Life is, there's no guarantee in life. And and welcome to living, right? We're not going to have a guaranteed life. If we're going to expect everything to be perfect, might as well just not live, right? Now, I'm not su- suggesting you die, but the point is that this is life. This is a given. We cannot escape it as long as we are alive in this world. So you want to gradually release them, you know, to hope. And so you could be encourage them to maybe take some classes to sign up for, ex, you know, extended um, just learning, just to learn something new or be involved in something new or take up a new hobby that they can do on their own. So you want to release them and not constantly be there because you could really make a, a bad thing worse, right? And, and so instead of making it better. So that is very important that you don't become this, you know, credit codependency situation where you are that person. And sometimes it feels good because you're being asked and being dependent upon. And so your ego is being stroked. And I get it. But be careful. Be careful. If you're going to lead effectively through crisis and change, you've got to be intelligent. And I mentioned before, is how to lead by by re- recognizing, understanding, managing your emotions. Don't be driven by your emotions. Don't be led by your emotions. Now, I, I know it's impossible to not have emotions in these times, but don't let it lead you. Don't let it dictate what you do, right? Be more kind of poised and balanced and level-headed. And that is where I, my whole notion of intelligence is the new intelligence because this is what intelligence does. It allows you to become more useful and helpful during these times than anything else, right? You can be counted on your, you know, I did something recently and I will wrap it up with this, that um, three R's of a remarkable leader, right? Three R's of a remarkable leader. And I said, the first one is that you are relatable, right? They can relate with you. You're reliable. People can count on you and you're respectable. People are, know you're going to respect their, um, their boundaries. You're going to respect what their wishes are. Again, even in these cases, you want to be respectable. So you don't put, force yourself and impose what you think you would do in this situation upon what upon them. They're not you, you're not them. So always be mindful of that. So my friend, let me quickly go through again the five steps to effectively lead through crisis and change is number one, to inspire hope. Number two, tailor help. 
Number three, reframe the narrative. Number four, create community of support. And number five, gradually release. I would love to hear which of these five that you find that you've been doing very well and you just say, hey, maybe I need to work a little bit more on this. I would love to hear and join me in the conversation in our group at um, Facebook. The uh, Go to Immortaligent Leaders and just search for the group and request to join. There are three questions you must complete. And upon the completion of that, and if you're the right fit, we'll invite you in. So I would love to hear from you there. And again, I'll be on social media. If you choose to respond to any of the posts I make there, I would also be open to having a con a dialogue and ongoing conversation there as well. So my friend, thank you so very much for the time to listen to this, this show you've taken. And I really appreciate that. Hope you find this helpful. And let's put now this show, this episode back into the vault and, and tuck it away in the deep recesses of the Immortaligent Leadership Institute vault so we can have it there for future reference. So here we go. Help me put this away. Here we go. There it is. All right. Now it's put away. Again, thank you so very much. And remember this, my friend. You're one skill away from your best hope. One skill. And today, I hope I brought you closer to where you want to get. With that said, my friend, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.